Hello, and welcome to The Midlife with Kimberly Sampson and Tracy Feldstein. If you're over 40 and under dead, you're in the right place. Hey there, I'm Kimberly Sampson, and welcome to The Midlife Podcast, where we discuss tools and strategies to turn your midlife crisis into your midlife transformation. Some of what you'll hear is from the recipe I use to get myself out of my own midlife funk. Some of what we'll discuss draws on my career in finance and banking and my experiences with entrepreneurship. All of it, my personal experience and my professional expertise are yours to help you design your next best chapter and thrive. We'll also have a special segment called Reinvented sprinkled in every few weeks. You'll hear from inspiring women who have changed course after 40, proving it's never too late to start something new. Join me. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Midlife. This is the first episode of 2021, and I'm kind of having a bless your heart moment for all of humanity, me included, that felt a slight twinge of New Year's optimism that 2021 was going to be better, like immediately. How funny are we? Did we think we were going to get an instant clean slate? So even though we're still surrounded by pandemic, economic uncertainty, and the collapse of democracy as we know it, I am still excited for the gift of today and what the future holds for all of us. But if there's one lesson I learned from 2020, it's that I will never again tell you what next week's podcast will be because I have yet to stick to the plan. Too many interesting ideas come up or situations that I feel compelled to talk about. So as a last minute apology, this week was supposed to be a window into my goals for 2021, but instead you're going to hear about how sad and angry I am after attending a Zoom funeral last week. For me, that service was a reminder of what I already know to be true. I live every day so that my 80-year-old self doesn't have to look back with regret. I'm sad to tell you that that's a fairly new perspective on life for me, but I am comforted to know that in this case especially, late is definitely better than never. Because what we're going to talk about today is that there is, in fact, a never. I will die. You will die. Cue the confetti. Last week, we laid to rest the mother of a friend of ours. If you're like me, you need to know what she died of. I get it. Is there anything more frustrating than reading an obituary and they don't list the cause of death, or at least an in-lieu-of-flowers donation recommendation so you can deduce what happened? So I will appease your natural curiosity by telling you that she died of lung cancer. And no, she did not smoke, because I know that was your next question. And yes, COVID was somewhat to blame because they felt she was nearing the end of treatment and they needed the bed. Fucked up on so many levels. I've been really lucky in my lifetime in that all the funerals I've ever gone to have been for old people with only one exception. And all of those old people funerals were always for someone I knew but wasn't especially close to. Because I wasn't distressed by the void that would now be created by this person's death, attending their respective funerals became for me really a lesson in living. I actually enjoy funerals. I usually leave amazed by the person's accomplishments, humbled by their devotion to their families and inspired to live a fuller life. Ordinary people turn out to be quite extraordinary, and the human experience is beautiful. But not this one. And it should be a wake-up call to all of us. I met the deceased when my husband and I started dating. That means now that I knew her for about half my life. And she was a firecracker. You know those people that sort of vibrate with their own energy? She was fun and funny. In those early days, there were lots of engagement parties and weddings and baby showers. I'm sure you remember that chapter well. And I would often find myself chatting in a corner with her. She was sarcastic but worldly and wise. She was a devoted mother and she had a bold spirit. That was not the woman we buried last week. 
Her supposed best friends stood up and said they would talk daily. Sounds sweet. Until she divulged that they would just talk shit about other people. Look, who hasn't dished probably unfairly with a friend, but I certainly don't believe that this was the sum of what our deceased friend had to say on a daily basis. The other story the friend told was that she had made fun of how neat a closet of a mutual friend of theirs was, but that she similarly had a neat closet. Wow, scintillating detail of a relatively long life. Then a male friend got up. Clearly he was close friends with both husband and wife. And at first he extolled her fearless nature. Okay, I thought, now we're getting to the good stuff. Then he proceeded to tell the widower that things would be hard. Some days there would be a wind and that that wind would be her. All right, I'm liking this. I believe strongly in the paranormal. And that she would be whispering to him as someone caught our widower's eye in a restaurant. No, not her. She's not the one. Are you kidding me? First of all, this is in terrible taste. Second of all, our dead firecracker will fucking haunt you in your new bitch. There will be no delicate breeze on the back of your neck. There will be doors inexplicably slamming and blood seeping through the wallpaper. It just devolved from there. Every speaker with a story really about them, not her. What did become clear to me was that our deceased had been searching for meaning throughout her life. A stint back at college to finally earn her degree, then a real estate license, and a foray into the art world where her eulogizers pointed out that she never sold any of her pieces. Maybe she never tried. But I doubt she thought her art should be discussed as if it was hung on a kitchen refrigerator with scotch tape. I could fully identify with this search to find purpose, and it made me sad that either she didn't find the right thing, or that maybe she didn't have the support she needed. And even if she couldn't find that support outside, why couldn't she muster up all that energy, enthusiasm, and supreme awesomeness that I saw in her to encourage herself? Maybe it's generational. I recently watched a masterclass with Sarah Blakely, and as an aside, masterclass is worth every penny. If you've ever looked into it and thought, meh, nothing really sounds like what I'm into, let me just tell you that you are wrong. I have yet to turn on anything that wasn't completely engrossing. Sorry for the digression and back to Sarah Blakely. She's the founder of Spanx. And one of the many fascinating things that she says in her program is that she feels a responsibility to her mother and grandmother to be successful because she's aware that she has opportunity that would have never been afforded to them. So yeah, a lot of what I'm angry about at this funeral could have been generational. But, and this is a huge but, I don't think the experience of a flailing midlife was any different for generations past. I heard it loud and clear in her eulogy. By the way, sorry for all the pronouns, but I don't want to use her name. It's not like anyone I know won't be able to figure it out, and I will be in a shit ton of trouble if all this gets back to my circle, but it's just too important to me that you heed this wake-up call. Anyway, we are not that generation. We have no excuse. Just like Sarah Blakely, we have a responsibility to take full advantage of all of the opportunities afforded us. Is this story starting to make you wonder what your funeral will look like? I don't mean to be morbid. I mean it to be inspirational. You may be tempted to brush me aside and say, what do you care? You won't be there. But what about the day before you die? Will you have used your time and truly squeezed out every drop of life that you are entitled to? If you need some inspiration, may I suggest you join me in a strange little proclivity I have. I've read obituaries for as long as I can remember. I picked up the habit from my mother. She reads very few things, like catalogs and obituaries are about it. My husband and now my children tease me for flipping to the dead people section. In truth, it's the first thing I want to read when I open the paper. But in an effort to seem less morbid, I make a good faith effort at the front page in the real estate sections first. 
For most of my obit career, I was reading to reassure myself that more old people than young people die. And when young people die, it's from diseases for which I have no symptoms. I really did spend most of my life believing I would die young. Wait, not just like believing, but obsessing. I have a clear memory of sitting on my mother's lap in the passenger seat driving home from Sunday dinner, and I'm like about 10 years old. Gazing up at the star-filled sky, I'm wondering how will she go on since I will die of cancer shortly. If memory serves, I had a small swollen gland under my chin. In retrospect, I should have been more anxious that I was sharing a single seatbelt in a car with no airbags while hurling down the 101 freeway, my brother and two stepbrothers safely anchored in the back seat. Anyway, now I don't obsess about my health, and I read the obituaries for the same inspiration that I look forward to from funerals. People have devoted themselves to causes and careers, passions and hobbies, their family and friends. They have taken up space with their actions and have provided inspiration to their communities. Their absence will leave a vacuum, their vacancy truly mourned. I don't want you to just be missed when you're gone. I want you to be mourned. I want your passing to create a black hole in this time dimension. With access to technology, there's literally nothing you can't create, sell, learn, or connect to, all from your bedroom. I challenge you to come up with one insurmountable obstacle to whatever dream you have, and then email it to me. Let's work it out. I know, the battle for you may be that you don't even know what your dream is. I get it. I designed Midlife Reimagined just for you. You can go to my website, www.themidlife.co, to get on the wait list for the next enrollment. So the point of this episode was twofold. One, I needed to send a message out into the universe and to this extraordinary woman on her journey that I saw the flame that burned in her, that her efforts as wife, mother, and grandmother were valued and worthwhile, but that I also saw her as a truly unique and spirited being unto herself without the labels of others. And two, don't you just coast to the finish line if you have that fire burning too. Even if it's just embers, let's make a plan to fan them. I cannot stress this enough. You are free to DM or email me and tell me about those embers. My husband always asks me what my podcast topic for the week is. He's good like that. When I shared my perspective on the funeral that we both watched, he was dumbstruck. I didn't get that at all, he said. I know, I replied, which is why I will require an advanced copy of your eulogy for me. Oh, who are we kidding? I'll probably write it, though I'm not planning on it anytime soon. And as for dating advice for the grave, he's prepared for a full-on haunting. It feels weird to close my show without telling you what next week's episode is, even if it turns out most weeks I end up lying to you. So instead, I'm going to leave you with this quote from Maya Angelou. Success is loving life and daring to live it. I dare you to fully, deeply, and truly live yours. That's all for me this week. I'm super happy to be back with you. I really missed all this on my couple weeks off. I truly appreciate you listening, and if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd be very grateful for a rating and review. 